When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Hello, and welcome to County Cricket Natters. I'm Annie Chaven. With me are Sam Dalling and Dan Whiting. Round three of the county championship has been one of frustration, featuring far more draws than should have actually been the case, thanks to a lot of rain-affected games. The two result games bookending the draws with an early win and a last-minute tense thriller. So I think I'll move straight on to you, um, Sam, and we can go through them. Well, I think there's only one place to start, really, Annie, and that's at Canterbury, the uh, rain-affected draw. No, (laughs) it's not really. Rumours of a kind of middle-aged man walking around North London in an umpiring coat, absolutely, like, just grinning, just smiling, (laughs) have been circulating. Um, So Middlesex, in the gloom, in the darkness, after the rain had stopped, if you look at the scorecard, it says Middlesex won by four wickets. That doesn't really tell the story. Actually, they scrambled home in the penultimate over. First and foremost, Annie, how good was it to see Stephen Mullaney? Fair play to him. Could have gone for the draw. It rained. They didn't start until 3.30. They were 248 ahead. They dominated the game, Nottinghamshire. But he set Middlesex 249 or 40 overs, Annie. We like that, don't we? We do. It's um, it's a definite... A definite change in the last year or so, isn't it? And, and you are, it's obviously off, off the back of what they're trying to do this more exciting cricket. And, and I think it's, it is, it's, it's been, it's been a bit of a feature this, you know, this, this load of uh, county championship games already. So good on him. And, and, you know, the whole thing, it was, it was very exciting and very tense and um, delighted. Yeah. So am I. Before I throw to Dan, I can see him chomping at the bit. He is desperate to talk Middlesex. But I'm going to say something about Ben Duckett. Dropped on naught, I think he was, which is not ideal for a Middlesex. But he went on to smash his way. Well, I say that. By him, 177 off 258 balls is relatively sedate. But he is setting himself up. He's the incumbent England opener. I just can't see a way 
that he won't be there come the Ashes. And fair play to him. A fair few people said last year, if Ben Duckett doesn't play for England after his season last summer, he never will. He has. He's doing brilliantly. Long may it continue. Okay, Dan, that chase, go. Yeah, well, let's start off with Duckett because Duckett's innings with Hasib Hamid was really the only difference between the sides, <laughs> you know, going into the, the final day. That was the big difference. And that's why Nottinghamshire were in the ascendancy. But credit to Stephen Mullaney for setting up a declaration. And I think we're going to see more and more of this with the points now for a draw. You're only getting five points for a draw. And it's going to be a lot more interesting. And people like Steve Mullaney need a lot of credit there for for making the game interesting. You know, I mean, he's getting pilloried by the Knots fans, but I thought I thought it was a really you know decent declaration. And if Nottinghamshire had won that, he'd have he'd have come out with a lot of credit. As it was, they came out on the wrong side of it, and Middlesex uh, managed to beat the light and beat the. Beat the sort of the, the leg side fields and beat the nine men on the boundary, and they got home eventually. And Mark Stoneman needs a lot of credit there for setting the tempo in that chase. You also need to credit Higgins a little bit again, don't you? That that really, you know, that he's he's been doing fine work, and he helped helped steer them home a little bit, you know. So I think those those lower order bats, batters are still um, worth their weight in gold. Well, you got Sam Robson coming in at number eight. Yeah. This is not a bad number eight, is it? So, uh, um, but no, I mean, Middlesex needed that badly after losing to North Hans last week. And I think the dogfight is already developing down at the bottom there. And uh, I think, you know, Middlesex will be in that dogfight. I think Somerset will be in that dogfight. I think North Hans and I think possibly Kent might be in that dogfight. And it'll be really, really interesting to see you know, who goes, which two go down. We may as well end it there then, Dan, shall we? We've got a dragon though, haven't we? So we should win. Oh, we've got swords though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan, just very quickly on that Middlesex victory. Yeah. There's been a lot made about the early season batting woes, which can happen. It was only two games. How big a confidence boost is that? Well, massive. But I think that also... Uh, is why Mullaney declared and set them such a sporting declaration because Middlesex have batted pretty crap this season, it's got to be said. I mean, they were four for four the other week. The top order just aren't doing the business. And I think that possibly suckered Mullaney in a little bit, you know, because he thought, right, let's have a go at this lot. The conditions win the bowler's favours. He's got Stuart Broad up his sleeve. And I'm sure that came into his mind, you know, saying them, what was it, 248 or 40? I mean, that's quite a generous declaration. Mm. Uh, well, speaking of crap batting, uh, let's go to North Ants. Sorry, I just had to. Uh, we talked about the other victory. Annie said at the top of the show, the Middlesex one went right down to, I don't know, about nine o'clock on Sunday night. This one, North Ants versus Hampshire. It was a bit of a, it's a cliche, but it was a bit of a statement victory from Hampshire, really. 270 runs. It was a walloping. Biggest victory in Hampshire's history, I believe. They set it up with a big total James Vinch, 186. Nick Govins as well, who we talked about previously, 125. And then Fuller, Abbas, well, Fuller in the first inning, six wickets, Abbas and Abbott in the second innings. Annie, that is a victory that will make the other teams, if they weren't already taking notice of Hampshire, which they probably were, that was the one that will make them do so. 
Yeah, eventually they seem to be firing the way they should be firing and uh, certainly did a a brilliant um, job of showing how class their bowling is. Uh, They managed to skittle um, Northlands out uh, twice in the space of three hours, which uh, really isn't too bad. So um, great from Abbas again, of course, and and Abba again, but of course had had Fuller to go through the first inning. So what a round, all round performance, bowling performance they have. How many more runs does James Vince need to get down before everyone's on that bandwagon again? I'm just <laughs> having a look at his wagon wheel, uh, 22 boundaries. It's basically all around the ground. He drives through mid-on, he clips through mid-wicket, he cover drives beautifully. I tell you what, it's annoys me in county cricket how few times teams have a fielder down at third because the number of boundaries that are just scored, they're easy runs. Like They're so easy. It must be so annoying for the bowler. Don't give them a fine leg. If you bowl it down the leg side, you deserve to concede four. Completely agree with you, Sam. It's a bad ball. You shouldn't be bowling down there to James Vince. You've got to work him off outside off stump because, you know, he, he has got a, you know, a, a, a penchant for nicking off, isn't he? <laughs> you know, especially <laughs> especially at test level. Um, but at county level, I mean, he is beautiful to watch. He's so easy on the eye and he's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful player. I do worry for North Ants. I think they... They might be in a little bit of trouble this year. I thought last year they signed a really, really good overseas in Ryan Rickleton. And I think they're missing someone like that in that middle order who can just hold it together and give them a little bit of ballast. Yeah, and I think they're in, they're searching for an overseas player because Chris Tremaine, who's come in and has done brilliantly, he was only due to stay for a few games. I don't think they can renew his visa. And they were due to have a lad called Lance Morris, who's supposedly the sharpest bowler in australia but just well, i don't think he was in any pain but just a scan through cricket australia like they do is picked up a minor stress fracture so i think they're down and overseas uh they've got sam whiteman still lewis mcmanus didn't bat in the second innings i'm not sure does either of you know the injury no but that's a worry for them yeah i saw that he had had a slight injury but yeah didn't pick up one well, it, it's been it's been a weekend of keepers not coming out for the, <laughs> like the second half, hasn't it? Look at Hugo Lloris at Tottenham. So you know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very good. Yes. What did he say? He had a, he felt pain in his side. Um, there are many jokes as a Newcastle season to get older. I could be making about that, but we're doing <laughs> we're doing cricket. Uh, I tell you, what, you were talking about Sam Robson coming in at eight. Ian Holland came in at nine for Hampshire wow. in the first innings. Like he has opened the batting and scored hundreds there for them. Not a bad number nine, eh? It's not a bad. It's a mm. very, very good side. Keith Barker mm. rested. Mm. So watch out. Division one Hampshire are coming for you. Although everyone already knew that. Two draws then to round off this division. I'm wavering. Where shall I go? Where shall I go? I'll go where you went, Annie, which was not <laughs> where everyone's expecting us to have gone. Because you were down at Canterbury watching it rain but also watching uh, a, a cameo from sir alistair cook and runs for the guys around him brown and wesley yeah i mean i've never been to canterbury so it was really exciting to go and, and it did not disappoint it's a lovely looking ground and i really really enjoy what beautiful grass banks and and just what a, what a nice feel to it and really really enjoyed being there but yeah it was freezing oh my god 
It was so, so cold. Uh, and there were a good amount of uh, a crowd, and I hats off to them is all I can say, because it was cold. But, yes, I had the joy of sitting there and watching a really, really nice cameo from Cook, 39 off 30 balls, and uh, so, and there were nine fours in that, and that was just it. It was absolute, absolutely lovely to watch that. And and unfortunately, he was out, and uh, and then pretty much the the rain came in, and uh, that was the end of the live viewing that I had um, because there was no play the second day until I'd left to go back on my homeward bound. Were you there signing copies of uh, your wisdom appearance? <laughs> yes, of course. Yes, I was there. There signing. Yes, <laughs> I, I actually did have lunch with the CEO and the chief uh, chief exec uh, at uh, Kent. Um, so that was very nice, and uh, had a really nice chat with them. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't all bad, and I got to see the cathedral as well. So hey. But I did miss the uh, fantastic huge batting from Brown and Wesley and then, of, of course, Brawley's 170 as well. So, uh, you know, I only got to see a little bit. Yeah, that was uh, Crawley's highest score for Kent, 170 of 183 balls. Last dozen red ball innings for England and Kent, he'd been averaging 20.7. But, Dan, that's kind of what England have openly said they expect from him they'd rather have someone that they'd like him to do a bit better but they've I think they pretty much said they would rather have someone who can make 170 and win a game and average 20 odd for the next five or six than have someone who's just a solid 30 a time maker yeah they do but I think Mr Cummins Mr Hazelwood and Mr Stark are probably licking their lips back in Australia having a bowl at him on, you know, <laughs> seeming English wickets. I've got to concur with you, though, Annie, about Canterbury, because I think it's one of the quintessential venues of county cricket. Mm. They're a knowledgeable crowd down there as well, and they love to just talk rubbish over a beer, and that's my type of people. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> one more draw, then. One more draw to talk oh. about. I was there for a couple of days at Taunton, and... It was very exciting because Jimmy Anderson bowled and he bowled absolutely beautifully first up. He had Somerset in real trouble. I think they were 24 for three, 80 for four. I think Anderson bowled seven overs, two maidens, two for 12. But then, then something very special happened. <laughs> two first, Somerset batted for one session without losing a wicket. Then they did the same again. And in the end, that fifth wicket partnership between young James Rue and Tom Abel was worth 244 runs. Now, it's not... Abel went on to get his highest first-class score, 151, on the yeah. second day, second morning. <laughs> yeah. But it's not often he will make 100 at Taunton and it will be overshadowed, Dan, because James Rue made 100 in that partnership too, and he looks proper. He does look proper. I mean... Every county love their own youngsters coming through, don't they? Everyone thinks they've got the prettiest wife at home, as Arsene Wenger said back in the day. But James Rue looks a real special talent. But he's very ginger, isn't he? I think he's he is the Siamese twin of Brian the Cat. I really do. I think he is he is the most ginger ginger I have ever known. And uh He's but, more Brian the Cat than Brian the Cat, I think. He is, yeah. Mm. But but what a player. But the other thing that shocked me in that game 
Jimmy Anderson dropped an absolute <laughs> sitter. I mean, it was like, whoa, what's going on here? Yep. Yeah, Top and it- edge. And dropped it to backwards square leg, and uh, it was just everyone was sat there waiting for him to catch it. Uh, the oh, the the uh, reaction from <laughs> from the Lancashire fielders as well was uh, brilliant. <laughs> it yeah, was. Young, it was. Uh, it was quite a drop, poor lad. Young George Bell, I think, behind the stumps. It was interesting um, because we were. Oh, it, was, it was absolutely glorious, a real privilege to sit alongside Vic Marks for a couple of days doing oh, it. Yeah. And we were looking, we said, like, Bell is also very impressive. He kept beautifully. And we went, oh, yeah, Bell and Rue played in the same, same England the 19th side. They got to the World Cup final. Which one of them kept? We looked it up. Neither of them did. It was Alex Horton from Glamorgan, which was quite something. Uh, Jack Leach batted beautifully. Tom Abel batted beautifully. Anderson ended up with five, uh, and he bowled really well, but then that was put into context given there were only 11 wickets in the first couple of days. Like, that just shows how good Anderson was. Yeah, credit to another Somerset youngster as well, Casey Aldridge, because the game was in the balance, I thought, and I thought he played an innings of real maturity to ensure that Somerset got the draw. And that could be crucial. You know, when you're in a relegation dogfight like that, it can be crucial that you don't lose games. And I thought Aldridge, what did he end up on? 58 night out, something like that. Yeah. It was a, I mean, I, I thought he was purely a bowler, but he, he obviously can bat as well. Massive, massive credit. And, you know, you've got some real good youngsters coming through there at Somerset. And I know everyone, as I said earlier, everyone thinks they've got the prettiest wife at home. But Somerset have got some really good youngsters coming through. Rue, Aldridge, Sonny Baker, Ned Leonard. You know, the future's bright there. If they can stay in that Division 1, you know, I, I really fancy their chances in a few years of coming good again. I think there's a there's a real key as well to continue to stay up. We need that anchor role that Gregory has been giving us as well, and he did that again in the second innings. You know, he was he was there with Aldridge, um, thirty four not out. Couldn't have done it without him, I don't think. Uh, again, you know, and, and his bowling has been strong, and so him able, they feel like the steadying steadying ship kind of people and we did but we did all this without Overton as well and uh, you know considering the real firepower of the uh, Lancashire bowling we we uh, we did manage to get a, a draw out of that despite it all let's talk about Lancashire for a little bit a couple <laughs> of nice stories out there so Keith Mahmood first first class game for a year. He was in the England side. He went to the West Indies, did really well. He played in the game against Gloucestershire. I think it was at Manchester, start of last season. Just had just had a little bit of pain in his back and initially got this scan that said, no, it's fine. Or one specialist said, no, it's fine. You carry on. Lancashire's sort of second opinion. And they said, yeah, no, you've got you to pull out now. So great to see him back. He is a bit different. You could see compared to the other bowlers, he had a little bit of pace. So I'm excited to watch him. Ian Jennings, 189, done his hamstring. Top run yeah. scorer oh, in the county championship. Look, he might not be that exciting to watch, but he is a run machine. He looked and... like he had a different size bat, didn't he, than um, everybody else. It just looked amazing. There are Lancashire fans, Dan and Annie, that think he would be the perfect foil at the top of the order for someone who tries to score a little bit more quickly. Are they in... <laughs> 
in the right ballpark. Do you think Annie Jennings and Duckett? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he has. Judging by how he was walking around the pitch and the the end of the game, I don't think he's done any real, real damage, luckily. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed that he uh, manages to stay fit. But I think he, at the moment, he's looking really positive and really strong. And uh, I, I don't think you could rule him out at all. Luke Wells, right? He played this wonderful innings. Jack Leach comes on. First ball, Wells has a little prod. It was a bit crabby. It turns, beats the outside edge. You're like, okay, Jack Leach is in the game here. Third ball, similar again, crashes into the pads, could have gone onto the stumps. Wells looked in all kind of trouble trying to defend against Jack Leach. So he went, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to counteract it. Bang, reverse sweep. Leach has a look, leaves the field. Next ball, bang, reverse sweep again. Back-to-back fours. Leach and Abel have this little chat and they go, no, no, we'll make him do it again. If he wants to play that those kind of shots, third ball, bang, reverse sweep for six. It was absolutely magnificent. And then he came down the ground a couple of times and hit Leach over the top. Like It was the classic case of attack is the best form of defence. And it was wonderful to watch. I really like Luke Wells as a cricketer and I'm so glad that he is flourishing at Lanks. Yeah, uh, Leach did his own little battle back though, didn't he? I mean, he, he I mean, he, uh, what did he get? Forty off thirty-two balls. So uh, Leach isn't um, being scared to play uh, fast and hard as well. He's not indeed. Right, that's me done. Division one is over. Not well, it's not over, but you know, I finished talking about <laughs> the games in this round. So Dan, I'm going to throw to you. Yeah, let's go to Division 2. Where? Let's start at Worcester. (laughs) Funnily enough. And Gloucestershire were in Mark Knopfler. They were in dire straits at 45 for 7. In comes Tom Price, having gone in his previous game against Glamorgan. I think he got 55 and 27, both not out. This time, bashes 100 off 90 balls. He ended up 109 off 98 and got Gloucestershire to a credible 2-3-1. However, his work for the day wasn't finished there because he went through the Worcestershire top order like a knife through butter. And he got a hat-trick as well, becoming the first Gloucestershire player since Mike Proctor. Mike Proctor did it in 1972 and 1977. And I think he might have been the last first-class cricketer to do it. Price ended up with four wickets. Ajit Singh Dale bowled with blistering pace. He got six for 41. Nice story there. His parents turned up to watch. Uh And then Gloucestershire batted again. Chris Dent was the mainstay. Got 83. James Bracey got a 50 as well. And they declared. They set Worcestershire a challenging total. The Gloucestershire top order were undone a little bit by tongue which ironically sounds a little bit like the political career of Matt Hancock. But there you go. Um, anyway, uh, Worcestershire were in deep trouble. March and Delanger bowling with blistering pace. Tom Price again, and then the rain came down. And that is uh, Gloucestershire have been very unlucky with the rain so far. And they're third from bottom at the moment. Mm. Tom Price, we, we spoke about him at the start of the season. And I said to Bumble, you know, he's one to watch for me this season. And he's just been absolutely unbelievable. Sam, have you seen much of him? 
Well, now, I'm enjoying how many Gloucestershire bowlers are bowling with blistering pace at the moment. I really struggled to get that out, didn't I? No, I was waiting for that question, Dan. I was going to throw it back to you because he's very exciting. He seems very exciting. I know you've been a big fan right back into last year. So go on, you tell us a bit more about him. Yeah, I mean, he got a hat-trick against Kent last year. He uh, he got a, an 8 for 27, which were the best figures out of any bowler up until Liam Norwell on the last day of last season. And he's, uh, he's quality. What he does, he does it both ways. At a reasonable lick, I wouldn't say he's blistering pace, Tom Price, but you've got Sing Dale and Martin DeLanger who both can bowl rapid spells either side of him. And then you've got Tom Price in the middle. And it's quite a nice balanced attack. And what Price does, he he, bowl, he does it both ways with no sort of discernible change of wrist angle either. And uh, that's really one of his, his huge qualities. And I really, really like the look of him. And I think he's got a, a big future in the game. I think he's going to be an all-rounder as well because I think he's bang at number nine. And I think possibly Safika Ha and him are possibly a place too low in that Gloucestershire order. But, you know, that's uh, that's way Dale Benkinstein wants to play at the moment with, uh, you know, these green wickets. And, some you know, you do need those insurance policies down the order. Annie Worcestershire. Uh, are they struggling a little bit this season? Well, I think they they definitely seem to uh, be struggling a little bit, don't they? I was wondering about um, Dolavira. He had an injury as well, didn't he? A hand injury? Yeah, Martin hit him on the hand. He's all right. It's not a broken one. But, um, yeah, he wasn't very happy about it. It's got to be said. Yeah. Uh, wasn't sure uh, a second, though. Even though they, they sort of seem to be struggling. It's, it's kind of like, like you say, it's it, it's been very um, weather dependent and, and there's been quite a lot of love of the draw and kind of stuff going on at the moment because I don't feel like they, they've um, excelled, but they've, they're just still up there, aren't they? Yeah. Well, that was the story right through Division yeah. 2 because mm. uh, down at Plus home... were robbed. <laughs> who were? Gloucestershire were robbed, I think, today. They were robbed. Yorkshire were even more robbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's Definitely. go down let's go down a hove. Sussex three six one. Uh Tom Allsop there, ninety-five was the mainstay. Ollie Carter, uh the young keeper there, sixty-four, uh five wickets for Ben Code. And then Yorkshire batted and everyone chipped in really. Uh, Finley Bean, we spoke about him. He got 49 out there. Total of 298. Uh, five wickets there for Jack Carson bowling his off break. Sussex then batted again. And Ali Orr was out for the third time in three games. Run out at the non-striker's end backing up. All three times by Tom Haynes smashing one straight back. They were all out for 137. Yorkshire didn't need that many on the last day. Adam Lyth was the mainstay there. He was 69, not out, going nicely. Shy Hope in his last game, 53, not out. Yeah. And it pissed down with rain. And Darren Goff, if he was annoyed at Bristol last week, he'd have left Hove absolutely spitting feathers. Mm. Yeah, no, that, um, they only needed uh, 63, didn't they, with, with seven wickets in hand? I mean, how frustrating must that have been? Yeah. Sam, I mean, you know, it's the title. It's, it's promotion defined at this time of year, do you think? It's difficult. I was looking at the 
table, you know, even for a side like Gloucestershire, you were just talking about, like they probably should have had at least one win, if not more on the on the board or, or more points because of the rain. So look, three games is a decent chunk of the season. It's almost 25% of the season. And actually, you say it feels like Worcestershire have struggled, but actually because they've been, they have won one game in fairness to them, but because they've been able to actually get out there and get those bonus points on the board, uh, they've had a bit of an advantage oversides. So it's a long way. It is a long way back from Yorkshire. Great to see Ben Code in the wickets, by the way. Mm. You know, he, he had so many years where he was one of the more reliable performers in county cricket in England. Had a couple of bad years, I think, of injury. So five. Uh, they only need to, though, go on a... You probably only need to win, what, six games to be right up there out of 14, five or six. So they've still got... And they only have to win one and two to be like that. So I don't think they should lose heart. Um, but mm. it's been a difficult start. Mm. Yeah, it has. I mean, Gloucestershire in the same boat. I think, you know, Gloucestershire looks strong, but they they just can't can't sort of play for you know more than two days in a game. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same problem with Yorkshire. And you know, you said it's a long way back. It's a bloody yeah. long way back from Hove when you're on a coach and you've been robbed of a victory like that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's go to top of the table now. Durham and Sam Dalling's happy with sport in the northeast with his football side Newcastle going so well. <laughs> my, my, our friend Martin Emerson, he'll be even happier. Durham, well, they were robbed again here, but they're still top of the league. They were 4 7 1 for nine. Everyone chipped in. Michael Jones, 69. Borthwick, 59. Ollie Robinson, 73. Travaski, 79. Bryden Cast coming in. At number eight was 91 before he was LBW by Michael Nisa. Uh, four wickets there for Marnus Labashane, <laughs> including possibly one of the worst LBW decisions you will see. <laughs> Glamorgan then batted Kieran Carlson, 119, out of their total of 305. Tim van der Hoogten down the order. He got 54 at number 10. They were asked to follow on, though. And they were in deep, deep trouble. 104 for six. And again, Durham were beaten by, I think it was more bad light than the rain. But, you know, there are a few sides being robbed for victory in that division. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But Sam, Durham, they're going well, aren't they? They they, they had a poor year last year. The, the natives were restless and they look as if they mean business this year. Yeah, I was just trying to think back. I think I might have been asked this question a few weeks ago and said, no, they're not quite ready. I can't remember if I did or not, but if I did, I've changed my mind, actually. Just running through that side, you know, if they're going to have Lisa around, Michael Jones as well as an underrated batter at the top of the order. Like He'll score runs in that division and he's scoring runs. Ollie Robinson's gone up there. Like That is a really nice actually quite balanced side they've got. You know, Cass, Rain and Coughlin must be up there with the better attacks in that division. Kuhneman's around, a very good spinner, took wickets in last week's win against Worcestershire. Todd Murphy might come in at some point. We're not really sure about that. Um, and Dave Beddingham hasn't even really got going yet. So, yeah, fair play to them. Eyes on eyes on Durham this year, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel like they're, they're missing Chris Rushworth in the way that I thought they really would um so that's that's a interesting thought 
Yeah, Michael Jones seems to get runs every week for them as well, doesn't he? <laughs> he looks a really good player. Um, he, yeah. You know, he doesn't go big, but he's consistent, isn't he? And he always sort of chips in with his 60s, 70s, 80s, etc. And, you know, I, I like the look of him. I haven't seen too much of him, but I'll see him in a few weeks when he comes down to Bristol. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him. So Division 2 looks like this. Durham are top. They played three. They got 40 points. Worcestershire second, they played three, 35. Then Leicestershire played two, a point behind on 34. Sussex played two, they're on 28. Glamorgan played two, they're on 21. Gloucestershire played three, they're on 21. Yorkshire played three, they're on 21. And Derbyshire bringing up the rear, having only played two, though, they're on 14 points. And that rounds up Division 2. Yeah, and we've got a, a few of the Division 1 sides not playing uh, this week uh, for the next round. So we've, we're not, um, we haven't got Somerset and Lancashire or Essex, North Ants, Hampshire and Notts aren't playing. And then uh, we haven't got Worcester and Yorkshire for Division 2. So, Well, you guys in the West Country, come to Bristol where there's going to be an absolute cracker between <laughs> Gloucestershire and Sussex. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, Ollie Robinson might be playing. Chetishwa Pajara. Sam's doing the rain dance there. <laughs> I don't need to, mate. It, it, it rains it, all of it yeah. in Bristol. Mate, I have had nine days of cricket lined up this year so far, either at club level or, you know, commentary level. All nine have been called off. Oh. Noah has had better luck than me, I tell you. <laughs> Didn't know it I has. The it's rain, been dire, dire. We it's the first season for our cricket team that we have lost the first five games for ages. It's a big differentiator, isn't it? I'm at I was at Trent Bridge last week. I'm at Lords this week. Those Test match grounds with the drainage. The difference is mm. at those places it just needs to stop raining, and then you have an hour, and you're pretty much back on. Do you remember last year there was like basically flash flooding on Middlesex's <laughs> pitch, and then the next day, pretty much they were playing. <laughs> And that's you know if Yorkshire are playing that Sussex game at home, they're winning it because of the difference in facilities. Do you think there's also the ground staff maybe work hard? I'm not sort of having a pop at any ground staff at all, but do you think you know say Yorkshire in that position, say the game was at Headingley, do you think the ground staff would have like you know absolutely done everything possible to make that game play? Not miracle workers, Dad. Some are. Some are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no comment, Dan. Anyway, let's hope. Um, let's hope for better weather and a little bit less frustration because it, it it's it's so it's been so annoying for a lot of the teams to actually end up with draws where they were really in winning positions. So let's hope next this week this next round is uh, full of sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be warm. <laughs> no, it's definitely not going to. Well, I don't know. Seventeen, I can cope with that. I can cope with seventeen. It's mm. just like eleven. I don't like. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, thank you to uh, Dan and to Sam, and look forward to coming back at next week to talk to you again about round four. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. 
Network.